0: This is Ryan Nelson and you're listening to the freight train podcast.
1: What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us back on the Freight Train Podcast. I want to just tell everybody, thank you for being patient and still listening. I know that it's been a couple weeks since I put out a podcast, but I had a lot of stuff going on uh, personal-wise. I got to go spend uh, some quality time with the family for Father's Day. Uh, My brother and myself are fathers now, so we got to spend the weekend at the river just hanging out having a good time with our father as well so there are three generations of cane men Uh, we both had sons so they're all men so that's a cool thing too and yeah so just a little bit about me but i know you guys want to hear about all that so uh just another update got a really cool thing going on here in chattanooga tennessee which is the world headquarters of the freight train podcast And it's a songwriter series that myself and my buddy Larry Fleet came up with, and if you haven't listened to Larry Fleet's episode yet, please go back and listen to that, it's an amazing story, but... We have started the songwriter series with an awesome venue in downtown Chattanooga called Songbirds. You should go check them out at songbirdsguitars.com. It's a ridiculous guitar museum (laughs) and that seconds as a venue as well. Um, So it's a really cool setting for a show. But what we are doing is every month we are bringing down number one hit songwriters from Nashville to come to Chattanooga and play their songs, tell their stories, and just, we just want to generate some energy in the songwriting culture here in Chattanooga. Um, I love hearing about how songs came about, and Larry is a singer-songwriter, and anyway, the shows are just amazing. Picture Bluebird Cafe, but in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, If you're listening to this today, on June 19th, 2018. Tonight, we have a show at Songbirds. The amazing Chris Wallen is coming down from Nashville. He's written number one songs for George Strait, Kenny Chesney, Montgomery Gentry, just to name a few. Garth Brooks, if you've heard of that guy. Um, so he's going to be down here doing a show along with Larry Fleet and Matt Thornton, uh, who is another local songwriter here in Chattanooga. And It's just a great thing. So anyway, I know this has been kind of long-winded. Go, if you're on Instagram, please go check out Boxcar Songwriter Series. Give us a follow to keep with what's going on. We're going to be doing, like I said, a show every single month with amazing songwriters. So please come check us out. And if you can't be at the show, keep up with us on Instagram and see all the videos and updates. And it's just a really cool thing. Without further ado... Let's get to the interview. What's up everybody? This is Rob Kane. Thank you for coming back for episode thirty-two of the Freight Train Podcast. And I am talking to my new buddy, Ryan Nelson. How you doing, brother brother?
0: I'm doing good, man. Good. Hanging out here in my house, got the sun shining.
1: Can't nice. beat that shit, man. Hello. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. I want to start from the very beginning. So I know you live in Nashville now, but you're not originally from Nashville. So where where are you from, Mr. Ryan Nelson?
0: Uh, I was uh, born in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. And then uh, when I was about 10 or 11, my family moved out to a town called Switzerland, Florida. Switzerland, which probably about 25 miles south of Jacksonville or something like that. Okay. And uh, it's a nice, quaint little town, little fishing town, little river town. Yeah. That's pretty much what you do. You wake up, you do your job, and then you fish. I hear you. So it's good. Now, yep.
1: three things immediately come to my mind when you say Jacksonville, Florida. And I was born in Athens, Georgia, so the very first thing is the Georgia-Florida game. The second thing is Tom Petty, and the third thing is Leonard Skinner. So
0: I, yeah, wanna... I love all those things, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: well, that's what I was about to ask you. I want to know and and obviously i know the last two had to either positively or negatively influence your music but how how did all those things and growing up in a town that's so rich with with musical history and sports history and i'm sure a ton of other stuff how how did all that can um get into your music
0: well man i think it's it's one of those things that's sort of Subconscious, You know, I don't know if you... I, I never really tried really hard to sound like Tom Petty or try to sound like Leonard Skinner or any of that stuff. You know, for a long time, I wasn't even playing country at all. I was playing rock stuff, and I wasn't even, you know, doing much. Even stuff like Skinner or Tom Petty, it was even maybe harder than that or whatever you might say, but, okay. you know, regardless, like through the years... I grew up with country music. My mom always listened to country music. My uncle wrote country music, and he dabbled in Nashville. And, you know, then, you know, Skinner and Tom Petty and all these things from my childhood that I always just, you know, found myself going back to throughout my life. I was like, man, why why have I not been playing that stuff, you know? that's Yeah. That's like so me. It's so to the heart of me. So I think when I decided to move to Nashville and making that whole decision was kind of like, you know, I want to play that kind of music, the music that I grew, you know, grew up on. Yeah. I think when you're a teenager, you know, you're like, whatever my parents like said that I should do, fuck that. You <laughs> yeah. know, I want to do this. So, yeah. that was definitely me, you know, I was a wild, a wild kid, and so was my brother, and we're both musicians, and just kind of went pretty wild for a while, but, you know, I <laughs> sure loved, I do it like, yeah, man, I want to play some Tom Caddy Licks, Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: I hear you. So you said something interesting to me, which is, is when you got older, you wanted to go back to playing the stuff that you listened to growing up. And and I've heard throughout um, interviews and books that I've read, uh, namely the, uh, the Buck Owens biography, Buckham. If anybody out there listening hasn't read that, you will learn a shit ton about the history of country music. But he talks about in that book how even back then, in the in the 40s 50s and 60s when he was making music that country music was referred to as roots music and and it was it was a grown-ups music right so it wasn't you know rock and roll was for the kids and and uh you know obviously there was uh, church music and stuff like that for everybody but the country music was reserved for the adults and it was it was supposed to be when when you got to be old enough to appreciate it or or things like that. Anyway, that's how he put it in his book. So that just kind of spurred that thought when you spoke about that, you know, I mean, do you think that has anything to do with that?
0: Oh, it definitely was like that, you know, I mean, I can remember vividly being a child and I lived in like up closer to Jacksonville. So I went to a predominantly black school and I, I grew up around all sorts of music, you know, my mom, she always had the country music on In the car And I always loved like I loved Alan Jackson <laughs> like, <laughs> A goofy a goofy love for Alan Jackson I was like, I'm going to grow my hair out one day And have a gnarly mustache Just like that you But
1: did, at the same time, I also out.
0: loved Usher
1: okay. Loved
0: Usher So I was like, man I want to be Usher too At the same time Which that'd be a weird combination, I think <laughs> you know? I think it's but, so, man But as I I grew up, it was like, man, you know, after I'd done the real hard rocking stuff for a while, it was like I had a little break there in time, and I went to college for a while and just got to thinking about stuff, and I was studying history, so I just, you know, country music and and American history are so, you know, intertwined.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: It was definitely something that, you know, some of the, country that I really started to get back into at that point in my life was I was listening to you know I guess these days they'd call it Americana yeah yeah. um, or whatever I love Ryan Adams his record Heartbreaker one of the best records I've ever heard in my life yeah so that was huge for me and different stuff like that and I think and then you know like I loved Alan Jackson my whole life so I wanted to play some stuff like that you know I wanted to play some some
1: daggum country music. I hear you, brother. Well, I mean, I mean, the stuff that you play and, and that you've released is definitely some well-written honky-tonk music, in my opinion. Um, the The recent video and release that you put out on iTunes uh, from the Trace Horse Studios um, is some damn fine country music. Um, that was Breaking in Leather, and uh, I'm blanking on the other one. What was it now?
0: Everything and nothing. Everything and nothing. One. That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, that's just some great country music, brother. Like, I mean, did you write both of those by yourself? Did you write both of those by yourself?
0: No, I didn't. So the, uh, everything and nothing was written with myself and a friend named Jesse Brown. And then, uh, breaking in leather was written with my buddy, Chad Bishop and Ray Folger.
1: Okay. Well, I definitely know who Ray Fultz is. But,
0: man, they were both in A, and when I was doing live shows, I was playing those two songs just like that in my set. Okay. Like, even opening sets with it. And uh, I was like, man, that's that's such a cool, you know, transition, both those songs being an A. Well, I'm a half step down, so not really an A, but. Yeah. You know, it just was such a cool moment, I think, doing that switch, and I was like, we gotta somehow capture that where where people can see it outside of just in that show, you know, yeah, um, so that was kind of the goal, and we did it all live so that it would you know feel like that
1: yeah i th- I think that's really cool and and you can um I kind of see a pattern these days uh going back to live tracking, like you know do you see that trend in Nashville because I know you also do a little producing right
0: right, I would say that. Um, kind of the core of, of Nashville's whole studio thing is some amount of live tracking. That was, you know, it's traditionally part of what Nashville did. And when I, when I came to Nashville and was learning from producers, I was kind of freaked out because where I came from, we didn't have these big, nice rooms with a bunch of musicians who are great musicians. Like if you're producing something, you're pretty much playing all the stuff. Or if you have one buddy that like plays this or that, he might come track. So then you kinda of national and all of a sudden there's all these great players and all these beautiful rooms and they get everybody together in there and they play the track like with a basic setup, you know, bass, drums, a guitar, maybe acoustic guitar, and they'll play the song just like that to establish that groove and establish that that feeling and then they'll overdub over top that to get if they want to produce it up and make it, you know, a little more straight straightforward, they'll you know, add some, some of this here, some of that there. Pan it, you know, whatever. But, yeah. But I think you know Nashville. A lot of these songs start from a live track anyway. But to do a fully live track, not edit it much, you know, at all. Just, you know, mix it up and throw it out there. That that I think is a little bit, yeah, different than what a lot of people are doing right now.
1: I hear you. So how did you? I'm very interested in the fact that while you're an artist out there trying to get your name out there you're also dabbling in the producing side so how did how did that come about because you know i know that as an artist you spend a ton of your time writing networking out there playing shows which you're doing but you're also out there producing doing other people's projects so how did you get into that
0: well um a buddy of mine named Spencer Ward uh, he actually moved up here before I did. But so he was the first kind of in a chain of Jacksonville guys to come to Nashville. We have like a big, a large chain of uh, Jacksonville guys that, you know, their buddy moved up and then they moved up and then their buddy moved up and kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, me and Spencer, we had started working together uh, doing production stuff in Jacksonville in 2010, I think, or 11. Okay. And so. Then he moved up here in 2012, but we were still working together and we were still really establishing our kind of our style together as a producing team. And, um, you know, we ended up coming up here and, and, and being exposed to all this great talent and these great musicians. And it just, it changed the game for us, man. And and I felt like we were already doing pretty good, but then to to really get into that network and, and now I just got, there's just so many guys that I know that are so good and, I can just pull them together and make sick records whenever I want. So it's like, why would I not do that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah no, I mean, that's amazing. And I, I find it so interesting because I, obviously I find, you know, an artist being able to sit down with a guitar, write a song, write a melody, right, that's never existed before, I think that's flat out amazing. But to be a producer and to sit there and go, you know, I'm probably – lamin this down way far but like to go hey you know you need let's do a 16th note there instead of an eighth note or or whatever the case may be you know let's put some uh, cowbell in there or whatever like yeah i I think it's amazing that that you guys as producers have that that foresight or those ideas and um because i don't think a lot of people can do that and so if you're if you're out there producing people are wanting you to work on their projects then that means you're doing something they like and that means you have that talent and to me that is uh that's really special um
0: well i I appreciate it, man you know i it's something i've always loved i feel like when i was a little kid and i just you know i started writing songs when i was like 13 so when i was a kid and i was writing songs i always could hear the song you know what it would sound like fully done like, I could hear that in my head. Like, I had a vision about it.
1: <laughs> That's crazy to me. And,
0: and I never could, like, do that because I didn't know anything about recording or anything. So by the time, you know, 2011 rolls around and I'm working with Spencer and we're getting to, like, actually do that, it, it, it was like a drug. I was, like, addicted to it. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like I can take these songs <laughs> I wrote and, like, turn them into something that actually you could play through a truck, speaker system, and it would sound good. You know, yeah. And then as, and then you come to Nashville and all of a sudden you're around like pro, pro, pro guys. <laughs> and so you, you know, the stuff that you end up cranking out here sounds like, wow, like this could be on the radio and no one would, you know, think twice about it. Yeah. So it's really cool to see it grow like that.
1: Well, yeah, dude. So I know that you, uh, like we talked about and like you just said, you also do a lot of writing and, um, you were talking about your boys and the whole line of people that moved up from Jacksonville and Florida. I know one of those boys is Jordan Fletcher because um, I interviewed him. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to see I, – I saw this a while back on an Instagram story. I guess you guys were riding with Ward Gunther from Whiskey Jam.
0: And, yeah.
1: And I want to know what the, uh, the Tater Sack Boys is all about.
0: <laughs> well, my my roommate Hudson always buys sweet potatoes, and he just has them hanging off this little. We got like a, a I guess a beer bottle opener that like bolts into the wall, yeah. and he will hang his sweet potatoes yeah. from that. So <laughs> Ward just thought that was interesting.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So that's not like a well, thing. Like, like y'all aren't like the peach pickers. It's not like y'all are trying to be the potato boys. <laughs> been giving it out to that who knows <laughs>
0: well, I, just, I just found <laughs> that tater sack
1: boys that's right the tater sack boys i asked jordan about it too and he that like, not ring to it yeah i thought it did you could spell it with a z you know get that get that other demographic boys uh, <laughs> boys um yeah 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 so we're talking about writing a little bit who has uh while you're there in town who's been one of the the coolest people that you've gotten to write with or you know somebody that when you moved to town, and you started getting in those circles. You go, I want to ride with this guy. Like, have you, have you, or girl, have you uh, got to accomplish that yet? Or who is the coolest person that you've rode with?
0: You know, I've I've gotten to be a part of a lot of cool rides over my you know years here, and um, you know, certain ones come to mind. Uh, me and Jordan started riding with Riley Green last year, um, and that was. I mean, immediately we all just kind of got in the room and the songs just kind of started flowing and you know we didn't even really know each other yet. Sometimes it's like that, you know? Yeah. You get to write with somebody you don't even really know and you go in the room and y'all just click. And I think it was like that with, you know, me and Jordan. We and anything we do, we pretty much click on because you know we've been writing together for a long time. So then you bring me and Jordan in with Riley and we all click with him and I just that's a really yeah you know, guy
1: yeah
0: and it gets sweet pretty much every time we write so there's that red culture man i I love he's a he's got a heart of gold and he's got some great just tendencies about him when he writes and i think that's it's the little things that are continuous things that you do that i think define you yeah he's one of those guys got a great style um Oh, who else? I was just thinking of somebody. Oh, Chad Bishop, man. My guy, Chad Bishop, we've probably written like 40 songs together. and Hell, yeah. We're both from Florida, so we just vibe. Yeah. So, you know, there's, you, know you get these like ones, you know when you go in the room with that person. It's going to be sweet. Tyler Chambers, same way. Okay. I've
1: been hearing a lot yeah. about Tyler Chambers lately.
0: Oh, man, he's really good, dude. He's real good.
1: Hell, yeah. Well, so... You know, you named a couple of those people, and that made me think of you. Just recently, um, got to be a part of the revival uh, night, correct? Uh, revival six one five.
0: Yeah, that or? was la- yeah last night.
1: Yeah. So how was that? I mean, I think it's pretty cool the way that these. Um, now, obviously, Nashville has always been popular for riders' nights, getting the getting the riders out there and everything like that. But <clears throat> the way that some of these. You know, they're, they're actually businesses now, like Revival and Bus Call Nashville and Whiskey Jam. What do you think about those type of things? I mean, because obviously it's great for the artist and you get out there, but um, the amount of exposure and coverage that that some of these platforms are giving the songwriters um, who are also trying to be artists is just amazing.
0: It's essential to the, the scene, man. I mean, really, you can look at the turnout on a weekend and week out basis at whiskey jam and revival and you know why not Wednesday when they do their thing and yeah it's those kind of nights that really bring everybody together are so essential because that's how you meet you know that's how you meet everybody yeah I've been here now almost four years and you know throughout all that time I've been going to the revivals and the you know certain rounds come and go But, it's like, I I can think of, you know, the night I met certain people who changed my career. They started writing with me or I started writing, you know, we we had a great connection and got these awesome songs out of it and good friendship out of it. So, you know, it's like those things are so essential for that reason. And then if you're the artist playing, you know, you're just getting more exposure. Everybody that's in that building, like, is seeing you play. so. Exactly. It's cool, man. It's a it's a really cool concept, and and I really do think it's it's absolutely essential to this scene and the way that it works. You know,
1: I think it's really cool too. And in fact, you know, not to not to talk about me because this interview is about you, but um, down here in Chattanooga, I've actually started a a writers' night at a, at a local venue down here called Songbirds, and um, that's our whole thing is trying to build the songwriting community and the music community here in Chattanooga. And, you know, we're bringing down uh, number one hit songwriters like Chris Wallen and Kendall Marvel and Bryce Long. And uh, we got Cole Taylor, Ray Fulcher. Uh, the Dark Horses are going to be here at some point. So, um, you know, that, like you said, that whole concept is just a really cool thing. And people, I think people who, number one, are fans of country music, but fans of all kinds of music love to hear that raw uncut, you know, maybe where the songs originated from. Right. And so you get to hear all that at these songwriters nights. And I just really think that the people love that kind of stuff. And obviously, um, you know, that's why they're being so successful. So okay.
0: right, I mean, Hey, if you, you want me to come down play in Chattanooga, dude, I'd love to. I, I'll yes, like I do. To to that was
1: actually my next question. <laughs> Is, come on down, please please come on down uh i partner with a guy named larry fleet who's an artist Uh, he's actually uh out running around with jake owen right now and um oh cool so he lives here in chattanooga and he's been helping me out on that uh on the artist side but yeah it's called the boxcar songwriting series if you ever want to look it up and i'll definitely send you all the information and get you down here when you can um yeah but so what what is coming down the pipe for Ryan Nelson? So I know that you've released some stuff. you just did the Trace Horse studio um, releases. Um, but is there anything else coming down the track that we can tell people about?
0: You know I don't want I don't want to say with too much uh, detail right now because I really don't know it's in the early stages, but okay. definitely been planning on doing a single and a and an EP release that kind of goes along with that. Okay. And uh, I, I'm i just now making the plans to, I'm, I'm actually for the first time in my career, bringing in uh, a producer who okay. I trust and I, I know well, you know, I'm in the producer like scene to some extent. So I yes. know certain people and this is one of the guys that I've known for a while. And, and I've always liked his work and admires work and he knows me well enough to know my tendencies and what I'm going to be cool with and not cool with. So I, I think there there has to be a level of trust there. So I think there's enough of a level of trust with this dude that I think we're going to get something special. And um, yeah, so we're just gearing up to do that. Um, I'm gearing up for shows, so I'll be I'll be in Chicago, I'll be in Cincinnati and uh, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So I'm about to hit the, hit the road and all that stuff, but. The EP and the single, I'm I'm, I'm hoping for uh, putting the single out sometime in July and putting the EP out probably by September.
1: Hell yeah, man. Well, I know everybody's looking forward to that. Um, I mean, could you just make some damn fine country music like I mentioned earlier? And uh, we thank all love you. that.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much.
1: Yes, sir. Well, Ryan Nelson, I wanted to uh, just thank you so much for taking the time and talking to me this afternoon. It's been great. Um, Where can everybody follow you on social media?
0: Uh, Instagram, it's it's Ryan Nelson. Uh, Facebook, I guess facebook.com slash Ryan Nelson Music. Um, Those are really my two big ones that I do. I Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't really, I I honestly go on and just read tweets more than I actually try to get involved in conversations.
1: (laughs) I never liked Twitter either, uh, man.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, Instagram is my favorite one, and and Facebook, obviously, kind of connected there. So yeah, yeah. Go go follow me
1: up. Hell yeah, man! And everybody, please go check out iTunes, Spotify, buy his music, follow him on Spotify, stream his music. Um, like I said again, uh, I'm using that phrase, it's damn fine country music. Um, you really can't beat it. So again, man, really appreciate you talking to me, and uh, let's do this again sometime.
0: Absolutely, dude.